You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Ask the Expert podcast, where you'll learn key insights, tips, and strategies from experts across the globe to help you create the life and business of your dreams. Now, let's welcome your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Expert podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. This is episode two of a special three-part series, Finding Fulfillment, where we're speaking with guest expert, Lana Johnson. Lana is an accomplished facilitator, a speaker, leadership coach, strategic planner, and organizational change specialist who is passionate about helping clients realize and own their capabilities, their strengths, and talent so that they can finally experience a sense of achievement and fulfillment in their life, their business, and career. She draws on 20 years experience across complementary disciplines, including corporate strategic planning, organizational change management, human resource management, and business performance management. Now in episode one, Lana shared how to achieve more clarity, certainty and confidence so that we could find fulfillment in our lives, our businesses and careers. In today's episode, which is episode two, Lana is going to share some common unhelpful time and money beliefs to achieve more clarity, certainty and confidence. And then of course, in episode three, Lana is going to help us eliminate common barriers that will keep us stuck if we don't address them from achieving more clarity, certainty, and of course, confidence. And you are probably not even aware of these ways that you are self-sabotaging your own success. Just a reminder, all of these three podcasts, as well as the self-assessment is available at lanamjohnson.com forward slash podcast series. So if you haven't listened to episode one, Stop this episode and go and access episode one so that uh, you can then get up to speed. Now on today's show, Lana is going to share unhelpful beliefs around time and money. We have to change these if we ever hope to find real fulfillment. She's going to talk about common misconceptions around time you have to know about before you make any life-changing decisions and how to establish and maintain clear and firm boundaries around time and money to help you find your way to fulfillment. Now, Lana, you're going to be speaking about time and money, which are two of the five pillars that you shared in episode one. We have to have these in place if we want to find you know, true fulfillment. But before we dive deeper into the time and money pillars, did you just want to recap what the first three pillars were? Great. Thanks so much for having me again, Anne-Marie. It's such a joy and pleasure to be here with you on your show and on this podcast series. Uh, the first three. So the first one was a strong support network. So you remember that I spoke about making sure you've got people around you who are going to uh, support your success, either from the encouragement and the belief in you and the energy that they bring, um, or because of their expertise in their field that you need in order to be able to be successfully in your field or in your business. So that's the first one, the strong support network. The second one is having a really clear and compelling vision. One that's going to keep your momentum up and high, even when you're finding a road bump along the way, or you otherwise might get distracted. We need to know where we're going uh, if we want to get somewhere. So let's be really clear about that clear and compelling vision. The third one is to create and implement an action plan. And this is where we clearly map out the steps that we need to take to get from A to B. So uh, there's no hesitation about what the, what the priorities are in your day to day and week to week and month to month. 
working life. And in that, we want to track progress and make sure we to make sure we maintain momentum and have the accountability that we need to to keep moving forward towards our vision. Yeah, fantastic. And just a reminder, you can get access to all of the, the five as well as the other pieces of content that Lana shared at lanamjohnson.com forward slash podcast series. All right, Lana, let's dive in. Tell us time and money. Why did you leave these two pillars to last and dedicate this entire episode to them? Oh, look, it comes up in a really big, powerful way. And when you can address these two pillars, uh, they are the ones that really shift the outcomes you can get and the impact you can have. Uh, and I know that many business owners and busy career people struggle to make time to work on their business or on their, on their career development. They also sometimes find it really challenging to figure out the pricing that's right for them, invest in themselves, etc., cetera. Uh, and the, the challenges that they face, often if they haven't addressed those two things, they'll be still facing the same challenges 12 months down the track. And it breaks my heart to see that because I know that, um, that it can be really simple to break through these two things. Um, and just to contrast, contrast it for you, those that are able to really dedicate time uh, and money to making a difference in their business or career. They're the ones that that know that when they do spend time on those things or invest in their services or themselves the way they need to, they're, they're changing the outcomes. They're changing if they've got staff, the experience for their staff. Um, and one example is um, I had a client, it was a, a husband wife who ran a, a business and what they kept finding was that they didn't have time and then they also didn't have the funds that they wanted from their business. They weren't getting their revenue, weren't hitting their revenue targets. So once we started working through a process of regularly meeting together, which forced them to make time, which they loved, they realized the value of that. And, and what we did wasn't complicated, but they got clarity about what they needed to do and what the most important things were. They spent the time on it that they needed to. We solved problems together and they knew what their clear action was they needed to take and they continued to prioritize things. We were also able to, um, in that time, shift their pricing twice, mm -hmm. we did, in the time we worked together. So the outcomes they were getting, profoundly different. Wow. Contrast that, if they hadn't made that time, dedicated um, a little bit of time in the way that they did, looked at how they were pricing things and their, their challenges around putting their prices up for clients, uh, they'd still be in the same position. And what they found was, that even after putting their prices up and making the changes that they did, they still had a waiting list. So it didn't impact the demand on their services. They still have a waiting list today and, uh, and they, they've put, done two price increases, which has completely changed. Those shifts have made completely changed their experience of their business and their outcomes. It's been brilliant. Oh, there are so many assumptions that we allow to rule our lives, if you will, or to direct our action. And in this, in some instances, in action, that in the example that you gave us with this client was just so vastly different when they did give themselves the time um, to, to make those changes. Wow, amazing. What are some common unhelpful time and money beliefs? And why I'm asking you to share those is because so often we can repeat things, think things um, through and allow that to, again to determine our action or inaction. And we don't even realize that they're doing that. So let's just get it out on the table because we want to have some you know, major impact on our lives, our careers and our businesses as far as finding fulfillment. So what are these common unhelpful time and money beliefs we need to be mindful of? 
Oh, look, the one that I hear most is that there's not enough time in the day. I can't do everything that I need to. Um, I can't get to all the emails, return all the phone calls, spend time with, you know, if I've got staff, with staff in the way that I need to. Uh, so it's not enough time in the day and I can't find time. It's interesting because when you think about someone like Richard Branson, right, he has got 24 hours a day, mm. seven days a week, just as we do. So what is he doing? He's broken through in some way that belief around time that there's not enough time because he uses it differently and leverages it differently. And we'll talk about how we can do that later on. So that the, that's probably one of the biggest ones. The other one is wow. I don't have time for professional development. I don't have time for creating a plan for my business because I need to work in my business. I need to respond to my clients. Mm. If you've got staff, I can't load my staff up anymore. I can't ask any more of them. So that's another one that we've broken through and made a real difference in. Uh, and the belief that it's quicker if I do it myself, <laughs> Yes. which might feel like a short-term payoff, but long-term mm. keeps you stuck. They're the time ones. The money ones that I see time and time again that you know some of the listeners might resonate with here is, I can't possibly charge anymore because my clients won't pay that much. Uh, and maybe the belief behind that is I don't have enough experience here. I'm still building my experience up or they don't have the money to do that. Um, some of the other money beliefs are I don't want to be too greedy. It feels unkind or I might not be liked if I charge more. There's another belief that might, might have come from your upbringing is money's hard to come by or you have to work really hard for money. I should save the money for the kids or spend it on them. So it's a guilt-driven <laughs> choices around money. Uh, and that's not saying you shouldn't, but we need to check it's balanced. Mm. <laughs> uh, and the last one is, you know, I feel like I'm failing if I employ the services of other people. Mm. So I don't want to pay for things that I should be able to do myself. Yeah. There's a sense of sometimes guilt or shame around paying money for services that I should be able to do myself. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm sure as you're mentioning those, there are little elements, if not across all of them, that we certainly have heard or observed. And sometimes what we don't even realise is that the things that we did hear growing up or observe growing up are impacting us. We're repeating patterns or what we've done is we've rebelled and gone the absolute extreme opposite. But I love the way that you said if there's not that balance there, it can really continue to, to impact. Now, one of the things that I know that many women will end up having to deal with when they're trying to reclaim time and money, even for themselves, is that G word, guilt. And sometimes even shame. There can be some shame around that as well. So we need to address any and all of these feelings of guilt and shame so that no longer keeps us stuck because it will keep us stuck from finding fulfillment. So Lana, help. Yeah, look, I'm so glad you've said that and uh, and I can relate. Mm. I absolutely can relate to that. And uh, what I've had to learn and shift some of my own beliefs around is that, you know, there's a cost to not putting our important work first. There's a cost to that for us mm. uh, and there's a cost to that for the people that we could impact and serve as well. They're not getting our service. So I know that there's times where we all strive to try to do everything and um, I don't know if you've heard of this before, Anne-Marie, but the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Yeah. So if you're finding that you are in a pattern, we need to actually start shifting what's driving that pattern of behaviour. So I didn't make the time or money shift on my own, like in my first business, mm -hmm. and I should have. I should have actually really examined what I was spending my time and money on, and I should have gotten help, and I could have got a different outcome. The reality is 
I learned so much from that first business that I did end up choosing to shut down mm. and I've come out of it with so much more knowledge and <laughs> wisdom. So um, what I would say, you know, around the guilt or shame is, that, you know, as a parent or a role model of others, what are we modelling? You know, if we mm. don't get support or we don't get the services that we need, uh, are we telling kids that we should be able to try to do it all and sometimes to our own detriment? Are we modelling that we should put ourselves last and not put our time, make our time important? Uh, are we modelling that we shouldn't invest in ourselves and that we should battle through without the support or services that we know could make a huge difference? And are we modelling that it's not okay to ask for and receive help? And when I looked at things that way, I went, actually, that's not what I want to model for my kids. I want them to feel like they can get support. They can invest in themselves uh, wisely and they should make their own time a priority and, and safeguard that. So I, um, I remember when things got really busy, you know, uh, my husband's working full time. I'm working full time in my business. We found that we were, you know, as an example of, of me having to overcome shame, I get we were spending our weekends cleaning the house and frustrated and doing the gardening and then the kids would be feeling <laughs> like we had no time for them. So it took me a really long time to say, actually, I need help with this. Once we engaged a cleaner and a gardener and I got past that, oh, my goodness, yes. it changed the quality of our life. It meant that I, um, I didn't have to try to do as much of that stuff when I was working from home in, the time, in between working because I was breaking my pattern of concentration around work. But I have to tell you, it, the hardest part for me was being able to tell my parents, we have a gardener and a cleaner, because I was brought up believing you should be able to do it all. And why would you pay for someone for something that you should be able to do yourself? So all these shoulds, right? Yes. If you hear yourself starting to say, I should be able to do it, it's a very judgmental statement. And it's probably, there's a belief that's probably not very helpful yeah. <laughs> that you might need to examine and look at. So instead, we can now enjoy the time at sports with our kids and doing what we want to do without the stress of not, you know, those fundamental things we wanted cleaned in the house and the gardening done. Yes. Uh, and it means that I can work in and on my business with more impact, which is great. So for me, the, you know, the other piece is now I do engage the services and expertise that I need. Like you, Anne-Marie, you know, you yes. are the podcasting queen and I value what you can bring it. I can't do that myself and I'll only achieve so much. And I have a number of coaches that have really allowed me to accelerate my success. Mm. So that's required me to put the time aside for that, but also budget for it and budget mm. for it wisely. Brilliant. And uh, I love the way that you're role modeling that to your children and of course to your clients too. And I think that when you look back and you, you explained the, the, the outcomes that your clients had achieved, we're really holding ourselves back from stepping up, making a greater impact, because I don't know about you, but if I know that, and I think back to when the time when I was doing it all and even cleaning before the cleaner came because I was embarrassed that the house was messy. I mean, hello. <laughs> I don't know if you did that. But oh, we get yeah. exhausted. We get exhausted. And then, you know, the time that we are spending with the children, they're thinking, well, can you just go back to work because you're so grumpy and exhausted? I don't really want to hang out with you. And so I, I love that. So thank you for modelling uh, that to us. So you're going to spend some time in diving deeper into the topic of time, particularly how we can set strong boundaries around our time. I know that this is something that I have struggled with for many years and many others are probably uh, struggling with that too. So let's expose some of the misconceptions that we have around time that is keeping us stuck. 
Yeah, good one. So, the, you know, the, one of the first time belief that comes up most is that one that I mentioned, there's not enough time in the day. Uh, you know, Richard Branson has 24 hours, seven days a week. Look, look how he uses his time differently. He leverages it differently. So, uh, and I think there's some real lessons for us from that. So we often think that if we had more time, we would get more done. Mm. However, the reality is, what we can do is think about how we can use it different. And I reckon that if most of us did a time and motion study on ourselves, we would find that there is time where we spend perhaps on Facebook, perhaps watching TV or YouTube, mm -hmm. um, perhaps even switching between tasks. So how we plan out our day, because that switching causes us to be far less productive when we're going from one thing to the next or there's distractions around us. Uh, and perhaps even dealing with emails that are just mm. coming in. And so we deal with them as they come in, as opposed to really thinking about which are the ones that are going to help us achieve our goals that are our priority and driving it differently. Now, so often when we, we do feel like we're spinning our wheels and we're trying to stretch ourselves across too many things, we're very unproductive and we get nowhere very quickly. And I love the way that you've reminded us. But let's talk about what we should be doing. Setting boundaries is so important. What would you say a boundary is? Describe so that we are all on the same page. Yeah, great one. I love this. And, you know, the, the thing about it is that it's really simple. It's just about forming the habit around it. And, and for me, it's about being really clear and proactive about how you spend your time each and every day. And if you've got a system for managing that, that is brilliant. If you haven't, then start to play with them until you find one that works for you. So one of the things I would say is start with really knowing what your priorities are. And if you've done, you know, this, Pillar number two, you'll know what your vision is and therefore you know what's important and where your time needs to go. But put the priorities in before anybody else does, right? So that way if you get asked to do something, then you can look. You can look at your schedule for the day or for the week or for the month and say, well, where does this fit? Does it fit? Can I fit it in or not? Because if you don't put boundaries on your time, your time will get consumed by other people's priorities. It happens so easily, right? Mm -hmm. And where does that leave you? It leaves you with not enough time for your priorities. Uh, I love the Mahatma Gandhi quote where he says, action expresses priority. So, so think about where do you put all your action and your time and your energy and where do you fit into that? What are you modelling for your children and those around you? Yeah, we just don't really see the impact that we are having on our children and those around us through what they're observing. Yeah, so powerful. So what are some of those clear boundaries that you have to put in place when it comes to time? Yeah, really good one. So there's probably two things that I really want to emphasize here that it can make such a bigger difference. The first one is, is what are the things that you could take off your list? Which sounds really scary because you're probably thinking, oh, I need to do it all. I need to do it all. But I'm going to ask you to think about, do you need to do them all and do you need to do them all right now? So have a look at the things or have a think about if it's all in your head, the things that are on your list and think about what are the ones that don't align with your priorities mm -hmm. and like actually getting in the way of you spending the time on the things that you need to, that you know you need to, that there'll be big payoffs for. It doesn't mean that you've got to say no to everything, but what I encourage you to do is sometimes say, I can't do it now but I can do it then, mm. or I can't do it, but I do know someone else who can, or here's a way, here's a way for you to be resourceful around this. Sometimes we do just need to say no. 
which I know can be really uncomfortable, particularly if we really value connection and relationships with people. So what we can do is help you learn a way to do that respectfully that still preserves a relationship but respects your time as well as their request. You know, I've had some clients who, when we really examined their week, what we found is that they were pretty much completely filling their week with volunteer work. For some of them, it's volunteer work at the school, it's in their networking groups or the other groups that they're part of, but they weren't even meeting their own business goals. Mm. In fact, they weren't even sure what their goals were or how they were tracking towards them. So there was nothing left in the tank for them or their business. And now I'm not saying don't support good causes and the community in the school. Absolutely do, absolutely do, because it's fulfilling and it's fun and it's being part of being a good member of society. You know, I'm a big supporter of a number of groups where I do volunteer my time uh, and I certainly support a number of um, not-for-profits as well with not just my time but my expertise as well. However, what I'd say is don't do it at the complete expense of your own needs and your family needs and your business goals. So the step number one is to take some things off your list, mm. decide how you want to use your time and let others, don't let others decide that for you because it will get filled with other things. Number Powerful. one, Powerful. really important. For some people, nailing that, transformational. <laughs> yes. So the second one is to say, for the time that you have gotten the things you have to do, use your time differently. So this is where you being proactive becomes really important. And whether you use a physical diary, whether you like using Outlook or another calendar app, have your vision and your goals in front of you once you're clear on those. And I want you to block out chunks of time to spend on those activities that are gonna move you closer to your goals. And I say chunks of time and I mean chunks of time. Time where you're not distracted by emails, where you can turn off your phone if you need to, because when you can focus on something in blocks of time, you're far more productive. You don't have to drop the thought and bring it back up once the phone calls come in. You're not switching between every email that pops up. So the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but schedule your priorities. That's a golden that. tip from Stephen Covey. Yeah. And it's really about putting the big rocks first. And if you've ever seen or heard Stephen Covey talk about the big rocks. The big rocks are the most important things. So that also means, you know, for me, I block out time in my diary to take my kids to their sports because I love watching in their sports and I know it means a lot for them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I make sure I block out preparation time for client sessions that I'm doing. Uh, if I've got phone calls to do, I'll cluster them and I actually schedule all of my actions in my diary so they've got a time and a place and I know whether I can commit to something or not. Mm -hmm. If there's no time in it, then I'll say, actually, I can, but it's not going to be until this particular date. Put the time in for working on your business, prepare for upcoming things, do the business development working on your business or your career. And once you have things on train, uh, in train and on track in your own business, then you can start to say, well, how could I give away some of my time? How much time can I spend at the school and when can I do it? How much time can I spend in another community group? So really the two things are, number one is what can you take off your list? And how can you use your time that you've got differently? So valuable and you know, there's so many of those aspects and elements uh, I can envisage how they can make a significant impact in, in what I'm doing and, and show how I show up as well. All right, let's talk about something that I know is going to make many of us feel very uncomfortable and maybe even a, a topic that is causing conflict uh, and tension in, in our own lives and a family as well and that is money. So why is money such an important pillar? 
you know, it's it's a funny one, but it's, you know, money's about survival. Without it, we can't survive, right? Yes. <laughs> so it's a really precious commodity. Uh, and it's probably, it is the one pillar, you're quite right, Anne-Marie, it's got the most emotion attached to it for some people, for a lot of people. Um, and I think part of the reason is that we form beliefs about money unknowingly at a very young age. Uh, and so we don't actually get the chance to critique them and decide which of those beliefs we want to keep and which ones we might want to let go of and rewrite. And we're subject to the conditioning that we're surrounded by as children. So those beliefs around money aren't always, aren't always helpful. So um, money is definitely a means for us to look after ourselves. Uh, and for me, it's also, and I know for a lot of you, is it's also about, gives me the means to support so many of the great causes in the world and the amazing work that they do that I can't do myself. So um, it's absolutely something I'm driven by. You know, how do I create enough uh, in my own life, in my own world, so that I can continue to and even expand how I can provide um, money to charities who do some incredible services for people who are born into uh, or um, subjected to some dreadful, dreadful experiences and mm. dreadful situations. So money is absolutely the means for our own well-being, but also for the well-being and prosperity of others. This is a question that might sound, well, why is she asking this? The reason is that sometimes when we do get stuck uh, in patterns and habits that are unhelpful, particularly around money, we don't realise it. So if money really is an area that we continue to struggle with, especially when it comes to setting boundaries, and so many of us have leaky boundaries, if any at all, uh, around money and, and upholding them, why will we continue to struggle? Yeah, that's a good one. So the reason that we will struggle is that, um, you know, there, if we can't overcome them, the reality is that we won't be able to meet our own needs, let alone extend our impact beyond others. So there are people and organisations in the world who absolutely need what we have to offer. We are genuinely solving a problem for them or helping them meet a need to make their parts easier in some way, which is brilliant. So unless we can really embrace the value and bring the impact that we, we know we can and do that with the people who, who will willingly pay for us and are able to do that, then we're going to remain, I guess, stuck in terms of what we're in terms of what we're doing. So, and I don't want that outcome for you, and I certainly don't want it for my own family as well. So, if we stay confined to our money boundaries and beliefs, then we end up playing small. We're not taking the opportunity to have the impact, and we need to be able to really step into what we do with confidence so that we can make that different and, and provide benefit to others in the world as well. You know, the example that you gave before about uh, hiring a cleaner and a gardener, I mean, you're yes. employing them. So you're giving them employment so that they can then contribute financially to their family. You're freeing up your time to be with your children. You're not exhausted and stretched too thin. It really is a win-win. And, you know, when we start to look at it that way, we can see just how important and you know life-changing it is when we start to change some of our thinking and of course our behaviors around money so thinking about that tell us a, a little bit about the things that we are doing and perhaps not doing that continues to disempower us and will of course we're talking about finding fulfillment it's going to stop us from finding that fulfillment especially when it comes around uh, money what are some of those things 
Yeah, look, one of the things I see a lot, and I probably touched on this a little bit earlier, is that we tend to undervalue ourselves. So we play down our experience, our skills, our ability to have impact. So then it doesn't feel comfortable to be able to really step into those talents and ask for what we're worth. Uh, it also means that we don't tend to invest in ourselves and our development. Whereas if we do, we actually can extend our joy, extend our fulfillment and our growth uh, and our capability and therefore our impact as well. So if we do say stuck, then we're just limiting our, our ability to, to grow, have impact and, and of course charge what we're worth and the value that we bring. You hear so many uh, conversations in the workplace and especially in business too, where women are not getting paid what they're worth. They're not being remunerated for the value that they bring to organisations. It is an area that many women continue to struggle with. So what are some of the things that we can start to do to put those stronger boundaries in place to help us in the area of money? Great question. So one of the things I tend to say to people is, you know, what is it that would make you feel more confident? Because sometimes there are some easy things that they can put in place or do or experience or have that would give them their confidence. Um, and then we, you know, if you've got that covered, that's great. What I would say is get clear on your price and actually write it down. Rather than holding it in your head, actually write it down and you might have different pricing structure for different things that you do or different jobs that you might do if you're in a career and that's okay. So what I guess you want to think about is, you know, sometimes we have a desire to discount up front. So one of the boundaries to put in place is my price is my price and I, you can decide for yourself what you're happy to, to negotiate on. And it might be that the client says, I can't afford that. Well, that's with outside of my budget. And you can say, well, what is your budget? Here's what I can do for that. So it might be changing the offer to meet their budget, which still values you and your time. So you're not giving up a day, but they're only paying you for half a day. Because mm -hmm. if you do that, then you haven't got the opportunity to fill the other half of the day. Or it might be that you yeah, provide a different service or find them somebody else if, if you're not the right person for them. Uh, if you constantly feel like you should be paid more, you're not going to turn up feeling great and being your best and giving them your best. And I want my clients to feel valued and valuable. So that's definitely one thing. Get clear on your price, write it down, be comfortable with that. Uh, one of the, I guess, the things that's helped me is that if you never ask, so if you ever never ask for that pay rise, if you're in a job or if you never ask for the full fee, then the answer is always no. Yeah. So put it out there and you might be surprised at what comes back at you, right? Yes. <laughs> Might be nicely surprised. Yes. So the next one is around the another boundary that I would say is put a budget in for professional development. If there's a course that you really want to do that you know is going to help your confidence or your capability in the area that you work in, put a, put some budget in that and and work towards going and making sure you get that coaching or that program. Um, and also budget for some of those other services, whether they're business services that are going to help you grow your business or whether they're home-based services that are going to allow you to get those list of shoulds off, off your list so that you're freed up to show up for the work thing. So look after your needs so that you can really thrive. Your clients will thrive too. Powerful. I love the way that you've um, just listed and it's just write it down, get clear, write it down, put a budget aside because... It reminds me of the, the area you were talking about earlier where we don't really clarify and write down our vision. If we're not writing down what we plan to put aside and plan for as far as investment in, in our professional development for coaches, consultant, for a cleaner, for a gardener, 
then no wonder that there's no money being put aside to that because it's like we haven't documented it, we haven't set that intention. Uh, so, you know, those are just amazing. And again, it has been so wonderful speaking with you again today. I know many of us have had incredible ahas. People, just a reminder, can access all three of the podcast series uh, as well as the Finding Fulfillment Self-Assessment Quiz where they can self-assess against those five key pillars and pinpoint exactly where they're keeping themselves stuck from finding fulfillment in their lives, their businesses and careers. Again, that link is lanamjohnson.com forward slash podcast series. Thanks so much, Lana. Can't wait to, to speak with you again in episode three. Thank you, Anne-Marie. You've been listening to Ask the Expert podcast. Are you an expert with a message to share with other ambitious entrepreneurs? To be considered for one of our featured guest spots on an upcoming expert podcast series, go to asktheexpertpodcast.com.